a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Motocross the Nation's Wrap-Up. Get right into it. It's not going to be good, everybody, but let's let's talk about it. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Each year, the Fly Racing gang, they develop, they test, they improve the products in the never-ending pursuit of the perfect racewear. The first to integrate the BOA system, the Fly Racewear offers unmatched comfort, performance, and durability. Make an industry leader in technical racewear. Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, uh, the Seven Deuce Deuce, just some of the guys that wear Fly Racing. And that BOA system is now on two lines uh, of Fly Racing uh, gear. So please check them out, and thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. Also, too, presented by Alpine Star Protects, the BNS Tech Carbon Neck Support, the A1 Roost Guard, and the um, Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace, all products of A-Star Protects. You know about their boots. You know how great they are. Well, they got this whole line of protection products that you wear underneath the gear. And uh, it's fantastic. It fits well. It works well. And Alpine Star protects, as well as the, don't forget, the A-Star guys stepped up. And it's now the Alpine Star Medical Truck Center at all the races, Supercross and Motocross. And we thank them for that. And we thank the folks at Fly Racing, of course. Uh, great guys down there. Um, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line to break down the 71st edition of the Motocross the Nations, which took place two days ago in England. And yes, I have a massive head cold. I can't imagine why. Probably from... Standing outside in uh, for ten hours in the uh, windy, rainy, cloudy um, England weather. So, uh, with me on the line to break it all down. First up, he watched from the uh, sanctuary of his couch in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. The voice of AMA Motocross, the voice of GNCC, the voice of quads, the voice of uh, Geneva, Switzerland, the voice of Enduro Cross, the voice of flat tracking. Our voice, our guy, Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? Well, my only regret now, as someone hit me up on Twitter, I am not the voice of the European Enduro GP Championship, which mm. I wish I was, because suddenly that became a very pivotal series of which none of us were paying much attention to, including myself. But uh, it ended up yeah. being a big factor perhaps, in uh, the nation this year. Who knew? Perhaps USA reaches up to Caleb Russell next year and says, uh, hey, Caleb, what are you doing? You got some time? Ryan Sides. Ryan Sides, bro, perfect. <laughs> um, also on the line fr- from Fly Racing and two-time German Supercross champion. He was my travel partner for the entire trip to England and back. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not too much. I'm, uh, I am feel fortunate to not be sick uh, like you are, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a hell of a weekend in, uh, in the U.K. Uh, will your shoes recover, or do they simply go right in the trash? 
My shoes are still at the London Heathrow Marriott. Okay. All right. Mine are going to be thrown into the garbage today. So uh, I will bill Racer X, why can't, for some shoes. Is that, is, that, is that okay? Well, I just now realize I'm never going to go to motocross nations ever. <laughs> it requires me throwing away anything. Um, J- JT, the rental car people, upset with us at all, dropping it off? Uh, no, I did, a, I did a pretty solid clean job. Okay. Um, the outside yeah. too? The outside also? No, the outside. But it's funny because when I got to the rental car place, you could literally just point at all the race cars, the cars that were at the, not race cars, but cars yeah. that were at the race because yeah. they were all mud. Yeah. And I was like that one and that one and this one and um, that one. And so I wasn't too concerned. We're actually lucky, Wygan, to be able to do this and not still stuck in a field in England spinning our wheels trying to get out of the race. We, it's very possible there could still be people there. Absolutely. What is the difference? Why were you able to get out? Um... We didn't. We we had a, a, a parking pass, and um, we got into one lot that wasn't too bad. We did get stuck. We did have to go back and forth. We had to switch some lines. We had to figure things out. But we got lucky. There was some uh, that were in this big field with a big dip in it, and uh, those people might still be there. So superior driving skills, Weech, is the answer. Very short and yeah. sweet answer. Yeah, the wheel man. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a muddy, sloppy day. Saturday was nice. I mean, it was a, a little chilly, but Saturday was was great, and Saturday was great for Team USA. Also, uh, they finished ninth, the absolute worst finish they've ever had. I, we believe. Uh, I went through some old uh, results. They got. F- I thought they did terrible in Fox Hill in '98 in the mud. Well, they actually got fifth. Um, they got seventh in uh, 1972 or '73 or something. Um, so ninth, as far as I can tell, is the worst result for Team USA ever. Five straight years of uh, winless. Five straight years winless at this race, the race they used to dominate at. And, uh, I mean, really, it's, it's um, six. Six? Six years. Six. Yep. The, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. The, um, the result of ninth is a bit of a surprise, but with the conditions and the um, – with the conditions and the things that happened, um, I guess I guess that's that's to be expected. So we, we didn't think they would win. It would be tough for them to win. Um, but after Saturday, let's start there. After Saturday, JT, uh, Covington, we now know, tears an ACL. He was running great in his qualifying race, dropped back fast at the end of the race, and we were wondering what was going on. Osborne rides a balls-out incredible race to win, and Sealy does okay. But after Saturday, without knowing about Covington's ACL, I was saying I think they can get a podium, and with some luck, USA could win this race. Yes, with Covington's ACL intact and minus the the massive rainstorm that was actually a remnant of the hurricane, I believe Hurricane Maria. Um, so, yeah, we for those in Florida, you still can't escape the hurricanes. Um, yeah, we had a chance. You know, I, we, we qualified in fourth. Uh, we weren't. I don't, you know, we weren't the best team on Saturday, but it was within the scope of reality, knowing how many crazy things happen uh, at that event, mm-hmm. that we could have done something uh, to put ourselves on top, at least on the podium, which we were almost there anyway. What do you think, Weege, after Saturday? Yeah, same thing. Um, you're like, well, if, Os- if Osborne can just go nuts and even win a moto on a 250, which, I mean, the speed he showed on Saturday, that wasn't completely outside the realm of possibility. And it wasn't like Sealy and Covington were horrible. They were okay. So, yeah, I think maybe a podium is in the mix. And then maybe if you're top three and everybody else has problems, it all falls into place and you win. But at the same time, it wasn't um, – they weren't 
I don't think any better than anyone expected. It's not like Sule came out on Wanamoto and you're like, damn. Yeah. Didn't expect this. He, yeah. They were kind of right where you thought they'd be. Okay, but not great. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think so. Osborne's race on Saturday was just fantastic. What a ride. Wow. Um, yeah. 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 It's just a, just a great job by him um, to get Hunter Lawrence on the, on the last lap. Um, so France wins again. Four in a row. Yay, France. Can hardly contain my excitement for you guys. Um, yeah, but I mean, they were the best team. No, you they know, were. And, and yeah. That's hard for me to say, obviously. But what are you going to do? Like we, and, and this is going to sound harsh, but oh boy. I, you know, standing there on Sunday and I'm watching, and it's not going well, and um, we didn't know that that Covington was hurt. Um, but you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, Zach's doing pretty well. He's going to end up second in MX2 overall. Pretty strong result. 10-3, you know, the first moto crash, so, you know, he he rode well, I thought, overall. But, it, you know, it looked like Cole was out of his element in the mud, and, you know, he wasn't our, our obviously, number one choice for the, for the MX1 class to begin with. And then we had our MX3 rider who's never raced a 450 professionally before. And when you're watching the race, that's kind of what it looked like out there. So... Uh, to think we were going to go in and beat beat a team, even with Charlie A, that hasn't you know ridden moto in a year, he was still a legit uh, MXGP rider before then. Uh, to think we were going to go in and beat the the three time reigning motocross nations champions with a team that we kind of put together and pieced together that didn't make a whole lot of sense on paper was probably unrealistic. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm talking about France. I'm not talking about USA and what happened. No, but I'm saying they had the best team. I mean, they, um, they should win. They were the best team. I, I, I truly believe they, they had the best team, and they, they should have won again. They lost Ferrandis. They lost Patruel. They pick up Charlier, who's now racing Enduro Series. And Goche Paulin told me why again, that they said to him, look, just get one result. Just, you know, do your best. Uh, Roman and, and myself will carry it. And when Goche said they, he saw that sixth, he was like, okay, we're, we're good. We're, we're in shape. Yeah, like I said in the preview, is that you know the only weird thing this year is that every team has had some issues. Whereas if they're good guys, they could not afford any problems, so they're good guys at all. Every team is in that situation. Team USA had to have Osborne kill it. Um, good Colin and um, Febra had to kill it, but they actually did. I mean, you saw Febra, who's been up and down this year. As soon as you saw Febra, it's like, yep, he's back to being the Febra that he normally is at the nation. He's running up front. You're like, yeah, this is all, now really all they do is need one result. If Severa was terrible and they had to rely on Charlier a lot, that would have been different. But when you just need one finish, once you saw Febra and Paulin were like they usually are at this event, um, the path was looking good. Although I have to say these six Charlier got to be even beyond, beyond yeah. par, yeah. under par, whatever you need to say. That was <laughs> like a 12th would have been fine. Yep. Yeah, and Febra really rose to the occasion. His two scores were the two best of the team. His second and third in, in MX uh, Open were the two best, and he'd had a crappy year. He's knocked himself out, according to the GP guys I talked, out cold three times this year. He's got wow. one moto win, one podium, and Roman Fabra, everybody. He, but you know what? He was on the 2018 Yamaha 450 for the first time, and Cooper Webb somewhere is just knocking his head against the wall at hearing that. I don't know if that was it or not, but uh, great ride by them. And, and really, once the mud came, once the mud came, it, it was going to be really tough for um, USA guys to do much with against these guys. You know, I mean, he, 
we talked about on a dry track how they maybe they could have podiumed and maybe with some luck pulled off a win. But once the mud came, that was it. It was over. Um, so France wins again. Uh, Netherlands second. Great Britain third. Max and CJT was definitely the story. A great job by him. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, we we had a precursor to see that this was going to happen. I mean, the, his ride in France for the, the last GP um, was was basically the exact same as what we saw in Matterway Basin. Uh, he and Jeffrey Hurlings were the class of the field in France uh, two weeks prior, and they in the mud, and that's exactly what they did again in England. So going off of what, what I watched at that race, uh, we probably should have seen this coming. Um, I think it just everyone, including myself, was a little antsy about Anstey uh, at this event just because he's had so much bad luck before. Um, that third moto was terrific. Uh, Febra was in there, and Anstey was there. Anstey fell. Febra took the lead. Hurlings was coming up just slowly, but surely he was coming up from a so-so start. And uh, what a race that was, that third moto, Wygant. That was awesome. Yeah, and I said during it, once he fell, I mean, it was going to be cool. You could tell with the way things fell with uh, Searle that the Brits weren't going to win it. Um, but I was like, man, if Anson can go 1-1, that'd be pretty awesome. But then I was also puzzled thinking, geez, if you had told anyone before the race, Anstey goes 1-1. He wins the overall in two of the three motos. I think, honestly, at that point, you'd be like, oh, well, England, England's definitely going to win the event. I mean, yeah, he was, as JT was saying, everyone was – Anstey over Anstey, and he came through beyond the level he'd ever come through before. He didn't go 1-1 in a MXGP race this year. but um, So I just thought, oh, that'd be cool. At least the Brits, they're not going to win the event somehow. But if he wins both motos, that'll be cool. And then he crashed, and I'm like, there yeah. it is. That's what Anstey does, man, just when it's all coming together. I did not. I would have put money down, and you know, I don't like to, that he no. was not going to come back and win that moto. But sure as hell he did. Yeah, it was great. It was it was a phenomenal ride. What a, what a feeling that must be, Wygant, in front of your home country. Like it must be just just an amazing feeling. Yeah, when he got the whole shot in the first moto, you're like, this will be a cool experience. I don't know if he's going to win it. I certainly didn't think he'd come back, and then also win the next moto too. But you're like, this is good for yeah. these people. He gets the whole shot, the first race, the first guy to lead is one of their guys. But I didn't expect it to turn out like that. I mean, that's awesome for him. The whole thing with Anstey is he's always very hot or very cold. And mm-hmm. it worked out brilliantly. He happened to have one of his good weekends. Um, JT, that first moto, he was gone. See ya. Bye, everybody. He was gone. Yeah, I mean, I mean he did a great job. He, he got the starts. And it's funny, when you watch him come by, he was the only one that looked like he was still riding a, a normal race. Everyone else was muddy, dirty, you know, just covered their bike and their gear. And Ancy looked like he was out just uh, on a normal training day ride. He wasn't muddy or dirty at all, so... Uh, he definitely put himself in the right spot, and then uh, his pace was is back that right up. So incredible day for him. It's it's a day he'll probably never forget. I mean, it's a highlight of his career. How about Faber pulling in for goggles right when he's in third, right there, like literally within you know a second of the first? I, mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could I, not believe it. I guess he was like, ah, screw it. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the eye. You're you know, you only have two eyes, but this is more across the nations. I I'm like, wow. It's, I, I, I think he had to have a lot of awareness about where uh, fourth place was. Yeah. And then, and then it was also right after Hurlings passed him. So I think he was just like, okay, he passed me. I, I can't see. I'm not going to be able to ride behind him. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to lose third, so I need to stop. So uh, it, 
and Paul Lynn was saying that they, that he knew what was going on by his pit bar, board, but the team they won by eleven points, which is quite yep. a bit. So yeah, maybe perhaps they were like, "Hey, you can stop for goggles or or whatever. We got this, or you know something like that too." But I don't know if I've ever seen a guy pull in that close to the lead and just be like, "Yeah, I need, I need goggles." So, um, but he didn't even lose the spot. No, like, oh no, he was so they were so far in front. They were yeah. Um, it was so well managed. It was like they knew going into that moto. Okay, the only way we lose this is yeah. if something horrible happens. So if you need goggles and that costs you even two positions, that's fine. Just yeah. don't go blind and DNF. Paulin has now been on four straight years of Team France winning. Four straight years. Eh. Get up to the be warty pretty soon. <laughs> um, yeah, great job by those guys for sure. Um, what else? Hurlings didn't win both motos, which we kind of thought he would. Uh, nobody had Nancy to win, but. Um, he didn't quite win both motos, but uh, Hurlings won one. So I, I said somebody would win uh, a moto besides Caroli or Hurlings, and you said I was wrong. But um, we'll yeah, I know. I don't know why JT, your fixation on like I got this right, I got this because right. You call me crazy and tell me I'm stupid. I, I, I'm I don't call you stupid for not. I don't. I didn't say you were stupid. I just said hard to see Caroli or Hurlings losing. You know these three 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 motos. Hard to see Hurlings losing a moto for sure. Um, but and and Caroli was just not good, not good at all. Favorite track, it's his favorite track of the series, and uh, I don't know if it was the mud. I mean, obviously Antonio can ride the, ride the mud, but he's getting married next week. Perhaps he was just thinking about that. I don't know. Um, it was his worst designations I think I've ever seen him have. Maybe Bud's Creek didn't go Bud's good. Bud's Creek, yeah, but, maybe. But um, he's had some not good ones. Uh, maybe not this bad, but he's he's had a couple good ones. But I feel like more bad than good, oddly. Yeah. Flavia, um, uh, he knocked himself yeah. out of the race too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, he looked like his heart wasn't in it to me, and I, I don't know how you define that, or you know, if I was pressed to um, explain that. But he just didn't look like he was really riding all that passionately. His starts were bad, which they've been great all year. I mean, he had 15 hole shots in in MXGP this year. Uh, it just it wasn't there. Just didn't it didn't seem like it was uh, all clicking for him this weekend. The Belgians, no matter who they send, they're always solid, and they got fourth. It's just that's what they do. They're just – Van Donick wasn't very good, um, but uh, Van Horbeek is good. Strybos wasn't happy with his ride, but uh, he did do okay, and they did enough to get fourth because that's what Belgium does. Like, seriously, I think, go look at the number of fourths Belgium has gotten. And, and, and <laughs> it's incredible. I think the mud actually helped those guys. You know, for yeah. many people, obviously the USA had hurt. I think it helped those guys quite a bit. Uh, Sewer was really good uh, on Saturday. Um, not so good on Sunday, but still a ninth is all right. Tonus had a fifth. Very good for the Swiss. They got fifth. The Australians were, what were they after two motos, JT? Second? Uh, it all with depends the, on how you do the well, math with because the, with the drop? You know, there was a... What? With the drop? They were second? Yeah, it, with, with or without the drop. You know, we were, the USA was actually fifth. Um, with the drop going into the last moto. So I think Australia was maybe sixth. Uh, with the drop, um, either fourth or sixth with the drop. So it, if you count all the scores, you know, or with the drop, um, they were right there. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Lawrence's crash in that final moto definitely hurt them. Uh, they could have used that three because he would have went three, three or four, three instead of four, eight. Um, so that, I think that's what actually cost them maybe the podium. I'm not sure uh, on that, but I think. I no, think so. no, they would have got fourth if he hadn't oh, crashed. Okay. Okay. Uh, big gap. At the Thir- time, I think it seemed that way because Ferris happened to have a bad first moto. Yeah. So 
you're thinking, well, he's probably their fastest guy, so surely he'll have a good third moto. Right. And then that Hunter Lawrence crash will come into play, but then Ferris had another bad one, and it and, really didn't matter. And Kirk, and, Kirk Gibbs, fifth in his yeah. first moto, great job Damn. by him. Yeah, awesome. Damn. Second, third moto, you know, maybe it was back-to-back. I don't know. I talked to Burner, and he just said, you know, Gibbs is in great shape, so so he didn't think that was it. But uh, give, the, both their third moto, Ferris was – Ferris we've seen just kill it at this race before, and uh, – he wasn't happy after the race. I talked to him and just didn't like his settings, didn't feel comfortable, said he was good in the mud normally. But um, not good for Australia that way. But Hunter Lawrence, man, this kid, on a roll right now. Yeah, he's got some buzz going for sure. Everything's everything's working on all ends. The business end, the yeah. riding end, yeah. doing it at races that are you yeah. know more people. Let's be honest, the, he happened to be really good at the nations and at the MXGP of the USA. That's probably, if you want to pick two ones. Right. Right. I mean, um, Ferris, I kind of feel like Ferris got his ride in America from the Nations, you know, in Germany, you know? Yeah, he did. Um, I think he did. Actually, if you look at the gap in the points, JT, uh, Great Britain was third with 32. Belgium had 53 in fourth. So clearly oh, wow. there was three good, three good nations, you know what I mean? Like, uh, they cl- th- clearly. Uh, Dino, going back to Great Britain, Dino was just okay, JT. He had a massive goggle problem in Moto1, as did Osborne in Moto1. Uh, Dean lost his goggles four turns in and uh, got a rock in the eye and got had black eyes after the race. Dean was just okay. 7-8. I mean, they brought it home to the podium. Uh, I thought he'd be a bit better, but again, it was so muddy. Who knows, you know? But uh, Yeah, I mean, the 7-8's the okay. I think that's good enough. Um, you know, the the real problem for that team was, was Tommy Searle. I mean, it was just... Uh, it was just a rough weekend altogether for Searle. You know, he's usually one that rises to the occasion of this event. Um, you know, the first moto seemed like it was an engine failure of some sort, so that wasn't his fault. But then the second moto wasn't wasn't good either. Uh, and he just really didn't seem like he was kind of on his game all weekend. Even in the dry on on Saturday, he wasn't uh, he wasn't great by any means. So I um, I said it, I I told him in the press conference afterwards. I said it's ironic you were the number one guy on this team for so many years, and um, you pulled through. You won MX2 a few times, and finally, like you know, the, you have your terrible race, and the team gets on the podium for the first time in twenty years. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, it's really weird because he's been the star of that Great Britain team for many, many times. So Yeah, and, you know, the unfortunate part, I don't think it matters that much, but the unfortunate part is if he has any sort of decent day, and I'm not saying he has to kill it, you know, Hunter Lawrence or Zacho style, but if he just has a decent day, which he's capable of, I mean, we've seen this guy incredibly fast at this event. If he just goes out and goes 12-12 or something, I think they would have uh, they would have beaten Netherlands for second, you know, especially with Anstey's 1-1. Uh, but man, he just had a he had a hell of a weekend uh, in a bad way. Um, yeah, it was was you know what the you know what the mud reminded me of JT and Weege. Uh, I thought it was a lot like Indiana two years ago, not a mud fest, you know, not just pouring rain, just slippery, rough, ruddy, just you know, just the almost the worst kind. Like Osborne told me after the race, he almost wished it just had downpoured. You know what I mean? But it was that little bit of just. I don't know. Slop gets pushed off. Everything gets slippery. It had a hard base to it, you know. So, yeah, I agree. It looked to me like one of those because you still really had to jump everything, and you still had to try to go fast. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a survival race. Yep. And then, and also the stickiness as far as the goggles and the start, I think, just became so much of the race just came to the start. Like, hey, Dino, I think started third in the second moto, and then he had that goggle problem, like you said, immediately. Um, Dude, that just makes all the difference. You know, you can 
if you're really fast, you can start 10th in a normal race and still get third. But in these conditions, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think that was it. Caroli got bad starts, ruined him. Um, Dean had a goggle problem after a good start, ruined him. Osborne had a goggle problem when he yeah. started you know, 12th, ruined him. It just goes on and on. The guys who got starts had good finishes. I know that's normal motocross, but it looked like one of those tracks where it was even more the case. Um, um, Osborne went out for his third moto with another brand of goggles on. <laughs> like, he was not happy. Just, that's wow. it. I'm not happy. Uh, I was really surprised. I'm just like, whoa! At the biggest, high, most high-profile race of the year. Now, granted, it's muddy, but I'm like, oh boy. Oh boy. I'm sure there's some, some stuff going on this week, JT, about that. So, Yeah, I don't think it was the best... Uh best weekend as far as that subject goes all, all weekend really i don't think it went all that well um let's talk about usa let's get to there um osborne third in his moto overall um uh and then and then the 10th um capitalizing on hunter lawrence's crash he did exactly what we thought he would do rain or dry i think just he didn't win the overall hunter lawrence rode great um, and that's JT. If you want to talk about, I, I called it. I said Hunter Lawrence would run with him, but I'm not going to. But that's, I mean, that's what I was saying. No, no. I, but the only thing I was, and I just, I just, I don't, I don't keep track of this imaginary score of how we're doing in this thing. But um, I, I, I'm not keeping score. But when I say like I can see somebody else winning because Febra always steps up at this race, and these guys all this race is always screwy, and you tell me I'm wrong, then I, I keep score of that. Not really that's wrong. It. It's just a different opinion. Nobody's right or wrong. It's opinion. Anyways, um, no. When you say that's not going to happen, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Not, then then I yeah I keep score of that. Uh, Osborne was great, uh, Weege. He did what he he did what we thought he would do. Um, um, maybe if it's dry, he wins both motos. You know, like we saw in that incredible ride on Saturday. But you can't. Good job, Jack Osborne. That's all you can say. Yeah, he he did good. I mean, look, I, I so the team have any opportunity to win. He had to do more than 10-3, and that's not really his fault. That's just because he happened to be on a team that had, you know, two guys that were really plugging in holes. You know, if he's on the team with a healthy Anderson Baggett and Tomac, 10-3 is probably fine. But, you know, the standards had to go way up. And then because of Saturday's performance, that actually looked realistic. Like, yeah. he wins the moto overall. But, again, I think these conditions, like, really – prevented that from happening, you're not going to get the whole shot on a 250. You can get a decent start if they give yeah. you the good gate, which they gave them. But um, in these conditions, I don't think you're going to start 11th on a 250 and mow those guys down and win a moto. Now, he and Lawrence did get all the way up to third by the end of the second one. But that, like you're saying, I think that's like the best he, under those conditions he, that you can expect. He rode his balls off, huh, JT? I mean, what throw out there? Like, what else do you want? Yep. I mean, that's, you know. Yep. He like I was getting apologies to me, and I'm like, don't apologize to me. Like you rode every ounce of what you had to give. Well, he didn't so. apologize to me. Huh? To call him up. No, I think he was just more like, you know, he knows we all want we go to this race and spend our money and we want to win and all that. And I'm like, dude, I, I all I want is effort. <laughs> you ride your ass off, oh, you, and I will I will defend you to the ends of the earth to anyone. You got and, effort. Uh, you got effort. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, he, that's all you want. Yeah, you, you want were, people to go there. Put effort in before it. Prepare and try, and you know that's uh-huh. it. You do that, and I'm all in. Um, Sealy's Sealy's race is difficult to talk about. <laughs> um, go ahead, Weech. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, look, nobody wants to bag on the dudes that went, especially when it's appearing like much more of a chore than ever for anyone to even go. So. 
you don't want to bag on the dudes who actually said, I'm going to go for it, especially Seeley. I mean, Covington's situation is different. He is over there. He's living over there. But Seeley did with no other rider besides Osborne, who has different circumstances, because he lived in England, too. Like, Seeley's the only guy that just said, yep, I race the same Supercross schedule as everybody else. I race the full 17-race season. I live in California. I have no ties to Europe. I'm going. And he told everyone he did not hesitate one bit. So you don't want to bag on a guy for that. But we know that his outdoors is not necessarily his strong point, and then you throw in those conditions, which are probably the worst for him. I think if it was a full, crazy mutter, he maybe even does better. Oh, like Unadilla. Unadilla yeah, was, yeah, yeah, Unadilla. Yeah, but it was different. Unadilla was just a use your skills to stay upright and don't crash. This was a you have to still jump the jumps, you have to hit your lines, you still have to go fast, and it's going to be tough to do that. Not It wasn't a survival race. So it was like the worst-case scenario for him. And, yeah, I hate to say it, but – there was a point in that first moto, and I'm assuming the bike problem isn't the type of thing that goes away slowly. I'm assuming it just happened. So the first couple laps, I think he was riding and the bike was okay, I think. I don't know for sure. I hate to say this, but there was a point in that first moto where it looked a little like the 800, where there was a traffic jam of riders behind him trying to figure out how to get around. <laughs> it was I, – I mean, I didn't – I thought he'd be better. I, I thought he'd be better on Saturday when it was dry. I really did, JT. Yeah, it was a it was a rough weekend, man. Um, you know the 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 bike failures were really separate to the issue that it was a rough weekend. I'll just I'll put it that way. Um, I, I feel like it yeah, was going to be a rough said. weekend either way. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. It almost helped a little bit because in the end it wouldn't have mattered. But the first few moments of each moto. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, yeah, hard to say. Uh, and by the way, the bike problem. I uh, love the guys at Honda, Dan and Lars and and, and Gothic and, and Rich and all those guys. Uh, we know them well. Uh, good dudes. Uh, can't happen. Cannot happen. Can't happen once. Definitely can't happen twice. So a suspension issue on the rear shock is what I was told. Um, something broke internally, or maybe the ring on the shock broke after it got some weight, some mud on it, and the bike was, was weighed down is what I was told. It was something that they never seen before, um, something that they can't replicate, they were telling me. This is all, you know, stuff that they were telling me on the record. So I don't, you know, they could be uh, bullshitting me or whatever, but can't happen. Just that's it. Sorry, guys. So I would imagine there are some heated emails going back and forth from KYB uh, to Honda and vice versa. Yeah, the the only thing I think, you know, it, which means zero in my book, um, you know, his DNFs, even if he doesn't finish that well, you know, he was in 17th, I believe, the last time I was counting uh, before his bike failed. And he, unfortunately, was still moving backwards at that point. Um, but the difference between a, a 38th or whatever and a 20th, um, that could have moved us up to, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but maybe like 6, 7, you know, something like that, maybe 5th or whatever, instead of ninth. But other than yeah. that, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't going to be a great result regardless. 20, 27 spots between Australia in 6th and America in ninth. 27 spots. Yeah, so, it, yeah. yeah, either way, if you, maybe if he finishes, you know, um, 20th both motos, maybe we can use one of those. But either way, yeah. it's yeah. it's going to move us up a couple spots, but it really doesn't change anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, imagine if that happened on a day, like last year when the team was absolutely in contention. You know, what if Anderson's bike breaks while he's leading the second moto last year? That would have been yeah. horrific. This, to me, I'm like, what difference does it really make? It was going to be a bad score or an even worse score. 
Covington didn't ride well, didn't look good. Um, wondering, uh, scratching my head a lot at that. Uh, but then we find out he tore his ACL. So I'm going to give him a pass on Tom Tom a pass on that. You know, well, that was a big question, right? Saturday, you know, we're we're yeah. over there and we're at the race, and then we go to dinner, and and obviously all the conversation revolves around how the rain's going to be and how the results went on Saturday and why did Covington slow down and. You know, Covington had passed Dino and was moving forward, you know, in the early laps of the qualifier. And you're like, all right, well, this is looking pretty good. Yep. Uh, we might be in this thing. And then uh, all of a sudden, the last, like, four or five laps, he's seven or eight seconds a lap slower and really don't have any explanation. You know, he was uh, – I'd heard he was unhappy with some of the bike settings and didn't want to throw it away um, doing something stupid. But it yeah. didn't make a lot of sense. You know, it just really didn't add up. And then, obviously, the news comes out today, and you're like, okay, well, you know, not that it changes anything as far as results on Sunday, how we would have done, uh, but at least it makes sense now as he obviously put his foot down and twisted it and then was just kind of working his way through the weekend. So, yep. so okay, this is uh, let's, how many years in a row with an injury now for Team USA? So, last year, Three, Anderson, uh, wait, 15, 15, we didn't have anything, I don't think. 15 in Germany? No, 15 in France. Oh yeah, no, we we didn't have an injury for Jmart. That was the year before. That was fourteen in Latvia. Okay, so fourteen broken foot. But yeah, fifteen. Okay, sixteen. Yep. Um, uh, Anderson. Anderson, and and so three of the last four years, a member of Team USA has been. I'm not. This is not an excuse. All you European dudes. Okay, so just no, stop. no. We we deserve to lose in the years <laughs> we lost. I'm I just saying, three well, out of four years, we've had um, an American rider get injured. Yeah. Only one I would say really was a, really affected our result was Anderson. The rest of them, I, I think that was what we were going to do anyway. Yeah, okay. uh, because Dungey struggled so bad in Latvia, um, you know. And then um, with with Anderson, I think I fully believe if he is in the second moto that we win. There's not so much pressure on Webb. You know, everything kind of changes at that point. Um, but yeah, this is how do these races go? Um, Weege, does the results change? If we send any a different team, if USA sends a different team at all, say Pike lines up, say Bogle goes. To the goes. point where it matters, and, and look, it's awesome the Brits get on the podium, and I'm sure Australia was disappointed they didn't get on the podium. Most of these nations, that matters. But it does not matter in the United States. The fans here want to win, or they do not care. No one is pumped when Team USA gets second or third. So to the point where they could win the event, no, I don't think so. And honestly, in those muddy conditions, I mean, obviously, Tomac's a stud. He's the 450 motocross champ, so maybe that's a big swing. But forget about even just picking the healthy and ready guys. But even if you had Anderson, Baggett, Tomac, some combination of them healthy, in those conditions, it's still going to be tough. Yeah. Um, So to the point where it would make them win the event, which is what anyone really cares about, I'm not sure the way this event turned out. Better than ninth, sure. But all you got to do is not tear an ACL and have two DNFs. Yeah. I mean, that's catastrophic yeah um yeah i don't think I don't you know can, they win yep i don't think you can really you know if it's dry and bike doesn't break Sealy does better than you know than he showed on sunday yeah you know yeah, he, what, he, what did he get on there. saturday qualifier jt i'm i don't seventh i think tenth 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 yeah okay uh, that's not great are you okay with that or no uh yeah he got uh he got ninth oh right. sorry okay I thought so Ferris beat him, Tonus beat him, Bubbershev beat him, Van Horbeek beat him, and then the top, like, I can't see him. I can say he's better than Tonus and better than Ferris, 
That would put him in seventh, but I can't think him beating the other guys, you know? Yeah, look, everyone's, everyone wants to be nice. Everyone wants to be nice. These guys win, and that's cool. And we prop ourselves up with it's cool. These guys want to go. They're excited to go. Or every year we have to stick a 250 on a 450, and then we just hear, oh, I heard during the week he's really good on that thing. It's not just Covington. It's the case constantly where we have to do this yeah. now. So I feel like going into the race, because no one wants to be a jerk about it, I mean, let's be honest, Sealy has one podium outdoors in a 450. He's a good rider. We're not saying he sucks. Yeah. But it's not anyone's number one choice. And same thing with Covington. So yeah. it's almost like you convince yourself, because you want to respect these guys, to not say this is going to be tough. And then when it is tough, you get surprised. But it's like, well, yeah. this was not the ideal scenario going in. How surprising. What? And not, not the bike problems of the torn ACL. That's a whole other level. Right. But getting ninth, like you said, if you look at that list of eight guys that beat him, in the end you're like, well, yeah. that's not insane. No, no, it's not insane to say Bobrashev can beat him. It's not insane to say that, that Tonus can beat him. Well, Tonus, you know, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, don't, I think he did drop some spots in that late in the race for some reason. Um, anyways, uh, JT, what did you make of the whole atmosphere, the whole race itself that way? I thought it was great. You know, I, I still think it was a little dampered, uh, dampened, dampered by the rain. Uh, it had the potential to be all time, I think, with, uh, you know, just that event's history has always had great attendance. Uh, with Great Britain fielding such a strong team, you know, many felt it was their best chance to win in decades. Uh, it could have been just off the charts. And, um, you know, it rained so bad Saturday night. I just think it uh, it left some people wanting to stay home, and we know that the the British are hardy. You know, they're they're not scared of poor weather, and they will still show up. But it it just kind of took the luster out of it. You know, every time you stepped out of a tent, you were just met with wind and rain in your face, and uh, were, it was just kind of a bummer. Pits on that were end. so muddy. The pits were so muddy. Yeah, it was just it, it was... just kind of ruined the mood. I think you know, for just such a great uh, atmosphere at that event. Typically, it just kind of took some of the shine off of it also too um it was it's it would have been tough even dry for this race to match up against majoria and france the last two years it really would have i think it would have been pretty good um i walked around on saturday i walked across on the other side of the hill by the vending area and man there were people were were amped they were ready to go um there were a ton of people there but I just think, you know, when it's raining like that all day on Sunday, all of the stuff that is so cool about that event where, the, you know, all the smoke bombs and the people with the horns and all that, I think all that stuff just kind of stayed in the car because it was rainy and windy and nasty and people had ponchos on and under umbrellas and it just it just changed the, changed the excitement level, I think, for a lot of people. Well, again, it was just like any stereotypical thing you can think of of English weather. Do you know what I mean? Just, just exactly yeah. it. A cloud on top of your face basically felt like it was ten feet above you. Windy, rain going sideways. You know, like light rain going sideways. Some fog. Just everything. You were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how England is. Exactly. The only thing I would would have needed was Sherlock Holmes to walk by me with a pipe and his hat, that funny hat. I would have been like, oh yeah, perfectly. We're in England. Great. <laughs> Awesome. And and the only what makes me feel bad, I'm sure Anstey, it was an amazing experience and the best experience of his career and all that. But I did feel that certainly compared to watching in uh, France two years ago, when he had the lead in those motos, I mean, you could tell the crowd was into it. 
but it was nothing like that. And I feel a little bad for him because, it, as JT saying, that's probably more weather dependent. I mean, if the weather was great and Anthony Hull shots that first moto, the place is probably 30% more full and louder yeah. for him. Um, it was nothing like what you heard. I mean, when Marvin would be battling with Martin uh, two years ago, it was unbelievable how loud that crowd. I'd never heard a motocross race that sounded like a football game, either either sport of football you want to reference. Uh, and I, I thought, I'm like, man, this is Brit, and the Brits out front. I, I, it seemed like it would be more crazy, but I wasn't there. But what yeah. you guys are saying, yep. I kind of probably took a little edge off. Absolutely. The Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. Uh, listen to this commercial from Michelin Starcross 5 promoting that tire. Uh, thanks to those guys. Also, Race Tech Suspension 27, Pulps 2017 is the code to save at Race Tech. And we'll be right back after this to wrap up the uh, Motocross the Nations wrap up. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now, here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PULPMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. 
If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them. No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet, you're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back. Fly Racing. Racer X Podcast. Uh, thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. Also, Alpine Star protects. JT, thanks to the Alpine Stars for feeding us all weekend. Great hospitality over there. Year in and year out, those guys are uh, they're a godsend. Not only for us, we're just lucky to be in there, but uh, really Team USA in all its entirety, which we can get into whenever you're ready as well. Um, yeah, we uh, JT. Um, at some point, there's a media side and a Team USA side, and at some point, JT just defected. We were eating on the media side. We were happy on the media side. It was all going well. At some point, I'm like, where are you at? He's like, I'm on the USA side. He just defected onto the Team USA side. Started eating in there. Couldn't believe I was it. Asked to, I was asked to defect back to Team USA, which I know is not a, it's not a big ask for me to go to Team USA. Uh, <laughs> but I was, asked, I was asked by a gentleman. I don't think he realized that I work for Al, with Alpine Stars through WPS, and I'm also a oh, member of the media. Hold on, on, a, media hold on a second. What do you mean you were asked? Like I was asked to by Team USA. The, Somebody said Team USA, come on over, JT. We need you. No, I was, I was asked by one of the Alpine Stars hospitality crew oh, members okay, you to eat that. on the Team USA side. Oh, he did. You you yes. were. He yes. said, yes. "Go over there." Yes, and that's why I went. <laughs> and I had an argue. I had a not an argument. It wasn't definitely wasn't. <laughs> an argument. It was a conversation where I was like, "Well, I work with Alpine Stars, and I'm also in the media." which I don't think he fully understood what I was telling him. Right. Then I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go eat on the USA side. It's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I take that back then. You didn't defect. You were, you were placed over there. You were placed. I thought you just decided, you know what? These guys need me over there. No. And, and honestly, I could have talked to any of the people that I work with at Alpine Stars that were there and, and got it straightened out, but it was just easier. Like, no problem. I'll just I wonder why there. they asked you and not me. Like... I well, I've seen this. I, I, I've seen this gentleman for several years. I mean, not not only just motocross nations, but also MotoGP because uh-huh. it's the same crew. And uh, he always associates me with the USA oh. contingent. So I think he just assumed I was there uh, as a part of Team USA, even okay. though I didn't have USA uh-huh. garb on. Um, so whatever, whatever's easier for them. I mean, those guys are going out of their way to take care of us. So I'll, I'm happy to to oblige whatever they it was, need. Well, it's fantastic to those guys. Yes, thank you. Drinks, cappuccinos, good food, snacks, whatever we want at Wygant. It's all free right over there. What? Wait, what? It's all free. They just they just take, they take care of you. Alpine stocks. No one has ever revealed this game-changing information. <laughs> I got I to gotta weigh the lost shoes. I got to weigh that. I'll tell you what, too, Wygant. So uh, I paid for my flight. JT and I split a room. Um, and... Um, and so that's going to be a big no for you, a hard no, unless Racer X covers it. But uh, yeah. Max Steffens at Fly Racing took care of my meals. Um, I bought him some coffees. I took 100 pounds out when I landed at the airport. I left England with 100 pounds. You didn't use your credit card or anything? No, I did. But I used my Starbucks app, you know. 
I didn't buy any food. Nothing. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. So actually, just the Starbucks app. That's it. I never exchanged cash for goods or services while I get. But I still was in the in the hole for the flight in the hotel. But you would get that covered by Racer X. So it's possible, why again, if you hang out with Max, hang out with A-Stars, you would not spend mm-hmm. one dime. Well, if I were there, uh, it wouldn't be possible. That's exactly what would be happening. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anybody yep. from, from Racer X, like uh, the really important people listen, why can't treats Racer X money like it is his own, like it is your own, <laughs> like it is... That's you what know. you're supposed to do. Uh, no, was, I know. Was... I don't know if I've ever seen somebody take it as far as Wygant. Like, you mean um, staying in someone's house? Yes. In Detroit. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that was a bit. Instead far. of getting no. another hotel. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Things yeah. that things that should never happen at Racer X would never ask you to do. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe not Racer X, but in my early days there, uh, that was not just asked; that was required. So <laughs> um, it never went away for me. They didn't realize that they had Rita Coombs and I are kindred spirits. So uh, I, I've always got her over both shoulders. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Canada a little bit. 13th for Canada, last year 10th. Um, Tyler Medallia was the top rider. If you had told me that Team Canada was going to use both of Tyler's scores, I would have went, oh, boy. Um, just because Colton Fasciotti was there, uh, you know, probably the number one Canadian rider or next to Kevin Benoit, 1A and 1B, in my opinion, or however way you want to put that. And then Sean Moffenbeyer was there last year, and uh, I figured he would be better. He was a better rider in Canada this year. So all things considered, with the best of a 16th to finish 13th, I think it's not bad. You know, and JT, at one point, I was they were battling, and I was pointing that out to you. Yeah, they were uh, they were together. It was definitely a team effort between uh, Medallia and, and Fasciati yes. in that final moto. Yes, so, yes, it was great. Um, not not a not a bad weekend. There were no there were no standout rides. A la, um, Benoit, Kevin Benoit, yeah. and Bajora. But uh, yeah, okay. All I, I mean, want, all I want from these guys is to to walk into the A main, not not be a battle to the death. Walk into the A main, which is what they should do, and then let the chips fall where they may. Have a great ride, but and and you know and, and ride okay and get thirteenth is fine. I mean that that that's fine. It's not great, but it's a lot better than it used to be. So just just walk into the walk into the A main. That's all. There I were ask no us. there were no highlights of the day. That's no, for sure. No, but uh, yeah, thirteenth. It's okay. You know they were just very under the radar. I mean they, we were you know there was really not a lot to talk about during the day or uh, during the weekend for Team Canada. How about Puerto Rico? So nine thirteenth, pretty good job by him. Um, and Marshall Weldon had a tough day, but uh, that was their best ever finish. And not, not coincidentally, they did not also have any Puerto Ricans on the team. But uh, for the first time, I think, actual real life Puerto Ricans. So yeah, I think the Puerto Ricans, uh, real Puerto Ricans, are having uh, a lot more to worry about than motocross nations right now. Yep, good job for those guys. Sanai was good. What about like Weech? What about like Covington, Sanai? Now Marshall Welton, we had uh, uh what's his nuts go over? Phil, what? No, no, no. I don't mean like oh. Puerto Rican guys. I mean like uh, oh, Americans kind of doing. Uh, oh, Rodriguez, Anthony. He's not really American, but you know, whatever. He raced there. Um, like these guys are finding a home over there in EMX and MX2 now. Like I thought, Sinai's results in MX2 were were good for a first time. So. Yeah, it's really weird how that little thing has worked out for them because, on the other hand, um, rides in the main classes, MX2 especially, and also MXGP, are, are drying up. Like, it used to be a great 
home for wayward travelers, just ask Zach Osborne, and many, many, many others through the years, Krampus Parker, Talon Volan, Donnie Schmidt, go on and on and on. But just ask Justin Barsha, those rides are not around anymore. MX2, you can't compete if you're over 23, and these MX2 teams are shutting down left and right. Yeah. So it's very strange that this Bud Racing team in the below MX2 division is actually the safe haven that doesn't exist really on yeah. either side of the pond. I don't think these guys are killing it with money, but they're they're racing, you know. Um, so which member yeah. of Puerto Rico goes on USA next year, JT? Seems to be what we're doing. We're picking from Puerto Rico. Uh, I don't want to say any of Team Puerto Rico will be on Team America next year. That would okay. be a that would be a tough tough road for us in Redbud. If, uh, if one of the Puerto Rican team makes it on Team USA for Redbud, our home motocross nations. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, something has gone way wrong. Um, well, Canada beat Ireland too, by the way. That's something I care about absolutely. Um, Can we just switch to this Red Bud situation? Can we talk about this? Okay, this needs to be discussed. So, everyone I'm sure is thinking right now. Well, next year will be no problem. It's in the United States. Everybody will race. They'll have anyone they want. But that's only masking what the real problem is, Matt, since he said it a thousand times on his podcast. The problem is not the travel. The problem is the date. And the date is worse next year. So although I'm sure the Eli Tomics of the world, they cannot not race at home. They can't. He's going to have to say yes. You know they are not going to be pumped on this behind the scenes. They're going to have, it's total rock and hard place. It is the weekend before Monster Cup. They're not going to be pumped, but they are not going to be able to say no. Is still not aren't a some, deal. Are there some financial motivations in this decision as well? Not only just the timing. Going to be a little more clear. I don't know what you're getting at. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I've just I've uh, heard through the grapevine that uh, some of the the interested parties are not happy with uh, not being compensated to go to this event. So I don't I don't know if it's purely a timing thing or as it is uh, the costs associated with going. I think to it's all. It's all. It's everything. Party. It's yeah. it's travel. It is travel. It is cost, and it is timing. Mostly timing. Right. Mostly timing. But if there's a pie, if, yeah, there, if there's a blame a pie, I, yeah, yeah, there is a blame pie. Exactly. And I think most people right now, they heard it's going to be in the USA. Are like, oh, all the problems are fixed. That does fix some of the problems. It's yeah. going to save the teams a lot of money, and the riders won't have to spend five days. They can do it in three, and it's a track they know, and blah blah. That's all good. But yeah. that you cannot take that timing part out of the equation. Redbud doesn't solve well, all. It will because everyone will go. But I'm telling you. If you're Eli Tomac one year from now and you're in the exact same situation, you're like, well, I'm going to do it, but well, it's still uh, not great. The, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the USGP is no longer on the schedule for next year, which it was Wait, supposed what? to be. There's no USGP what? next year. Well, and that was uh, Giuseppe basically right. uh, made a comment that it was due to people deciding not to do motocross of nations, so he was going to try to help remove. And, and I think there were other factors, too. Um, I know. I like. I do like how he framed that. By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it was definitely very strategic. His comments. Um, but yeah, he said if you know these guys only can do one event like that, then it should be motocross the nation. But let me be the first to tell everybody from what I hear, the rumblings. Not for sure. No one's willing to go public on it. The rumblings are that Tomac will not be there next year either. Because of the date. Yep. Yeah, we got Monster Cup to get ready for. So yeah, it's a total rock and a hard place, man. I, I, everyone's puking probably hearing that, but knowing how these guys think, it's not like oh, it's a red bud that solves everything. It doesn't. It's such a Even joke. If they go, they're still going to be like, ah, it's such a problem. joke though because I can't tell you. 
I can't tell you the, all the winners of the MEC at all or what happened or really. Dungey shifted with his hand one year. That was awesome. Um, Trey Kennard threw away a million bucks with a cra- – I, I don't really know, but I can tell you a lot about the Mortal Kombat Nations. You know? Hell, yeah. hell hath no fury as me if he uh, – healthy – Eli Tomac, and he's on the level he's at now, says no again for a home race. You're not going to do nothing. You're not going to light him up. I won't do anything, but I will will not hold back as far as my real opinions. Both barrels? Yep. Okay. Locked and loaded. All right. Okay. Um, So, yeah. It's going to be tough for all these guys. And, again, I know every fan hearing this doesn't sympathize at all, and I get that. And that's why every rider is going to have a hard decision. I don't. The Monster Energy Cup is a factor for sure, but I think this, to, in general, okay. I'll give you an example. So the last two weeks, JGR has had like six engineers from Japan over here, and they've been doing nothing but Supercross testing for two weeks. They they did that. It concluded before the donation started. Death Cross. And they said they're like, we have this test scheduled next year for the same time. We are not going to do two straight weeks of Supercross testing, and then oh, get in a plane and go race motocross. Like it's just not the way the teams want to operate. Yep. So, even if it was, even if Monster Cup didn't exist, the five six weeks after motocross is over, yep. they just don't like to operate that way. They just don't. Well, I, okay. Two things. One, last week on our preview, I said if these guys win USA, you send the exact same team again. I am now off of that. That's that should not happen. Um, in case you guys are wondering, I am not going to. I am not going to advocate sending this team to Red Bud. Uh, two. Um, you have to send it Team USA next year because it's in Redbud. But in 2019, don't go, don't go. And Roger, did you see those? Re- did you read those comments, JT, by Roger to me in our post race interview on Racer X? Uh, I believe I read it. I'm not sure exactly which part you're referring to, but I believe I did. Roger was like, "Yeah, I'm getting tired of doing this for people who don't yep. want to go." Yeah, it was rather revealing. Uh, he also said that when I when I said that tough conditions, he said they were the same for everybody. So, <laughs> which classic. is also classic Roger, but classic um, Roger, yeah. I mean, I thought that interview was, you know, it was a little, little revealing. So, you know, like, hey, in twenty nineteen, if you got the same problems, uh, don't go. Well, it can't be that fun for for Roger to go down a list of guys like, hey, do you want to go? No. 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 And it's like he's like, well, what the hell are we doing here? Well, now? yeah. Especially a proud guy like Roger, who's raced this event, won it, um, you know, and, and really been a big part of USA for so many years. So, yep. Um, they got about. Yeah, and yep. the worst fears were confirmed. It was like, well, maybe this will just work out and it won't matter so much. But unfortunately, yeah. it's like they didn't have the guys they wanted and the guys they didn't want didn't do that well. So it doesn't, it just makes it worse. Like, uh, again, I'm not bagging on the dudes that stepped up. That was awesome that they rode, but they didn't do well, so it doesn't make it any easier next time when you got to deal with the same situation to convince yourself, ah, oh, 250 guy moving up to 450, that'll work out great. I don't know. Uh, JT's, I, would guarantee, I guarantee you JT's against my don't-go strategy, but these guys got to help us out. So I know all the European media will run with it and write these big headlines about what, what I said, but help USA out, man. But uh, they don't seem to want to, so it's even later next year. Yeah, yeah, even later. That's what I'm saying. Even later. It doesn't solve all just because it's that red bud. Um, Anyone who does go is going to be up against it. So, before we wrap wow. this up... Um, all right, JC, I'm going to ask you this from a business perspective. Here seems to be the... This is what seems to be the disconnect. Why don't you ask me from a business perspective? Uh, JT actually uh, works in a real company industry. You just work for yourself, pretty much. So Okay. 
don't know what you're – all right, JT, so you, you understand the marketing and exposure of riders. I'm sure you analyze these things to some degree. I don't know if you got Joyce Julius in there, but you're <laughs> looking at it. Yep. There seems to be this disconnect over American teams and even riders not really seeing the huge benefit of the nations or even the opposite. We don't even remember who wins the Monster Cup every year, but every fan remembers everything about the nations every year. There's a disconnect between the unbelievable level of interest from the fans. Our website is on fire the week before the nations. It is not on fire before Monster Energy Cup. Only Anaheim 1 rivals it. But teams here don't seem to see it that way, even though it appears to be the truth. Is there a way to convince them? Like, hey, this race is actually more important than maybe you're thinking? Because the fans search think so, and that should be what they're analyzing. Uh, you know, it's interesting because, in my opinion, I don't think that many of the teams are that stoked on Monster Energy Cup either. Uh, there's a lot of riders that are skipping it this year. So, uh, you know, the monster-sponsored riders have to go. But I think mm-hmm. that's a directive, uh, and I think, I'm going to say think in quotation marks, I think that's a directive from Monster saying, hey, you have to do this event. You don't have to do this other event. Um but I, I, honestly, I think if, if most riders were left to their own devices, a lot of them would skip Monster Cup as well. Well, so, let's take Monster Cup out of the equation because I'm hearing some people on Twitter saying, like, Monster Cup and Straight Rhythm ruin the donations. And I'm like, that's not it. It's, it's, it's five weeks out, and it costs tens of thousands of dollars to do. It would be tough to get these guys to race it, even if there wasn't a Monster Cup. I'm just saying, it seems like the teams seem to look at this as, we don't know what this race does for us. Why do we want to spend all this time, all this money, all this effort? Well, one of the reasons is because the um, immense level of interest from the fans, but they don't seem to see it that way. That seems to be a problem. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, the timing is, is the big thing. As far as the business-wise for sponsors, uh, you know, for us, uh, speaking for Fly Racing, you know, we, don't, we build gear that we don't even sell at this event for everyone. You know, we don't really sell anything that these guys wear at all, regardless of who it is. So it's not really that big of a deal on that end. Um, so I don't think there's a huge... Uh, you know, it's, it's not that profitable or a huge marketing player, anybody for us. I mean, I mean, it's great exposure and we, and we love being a part of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's not a, I don't think it's a big, you know, profitable race or anything for us as far as a, on, on a gear level. Um, I, I really think the biggest problem and the biggest disconnect is above all else, because I hear the the money thing from uh, especially one particular team. They they want to be compensated to go. I can't buy into that. I know the spending that goes on for these teams, bonus levels, and all this stuff. I, for me, I, I I think that could be budgeted pretty easily. If if you know your guy's the best guy and you know he's going to go to this race, I think it's pretty easy to find the budget for that. You know, at the beginning of a fiscal year. I think it's the timing. Um, just in my own experiences. The end of September, beginning of October, my mind was so far from outdoors, I couldn't even express to you. You know, the last thing I was possibly thinking about was an outdoor motocross event. So I would I would imagine that's the same thing for a guy, you know, like Eli or uh, even, you know, Blake or Jason, if they were healthy, um, Muscan as well. You know, a lot of these guys had injuries, but even if they're healthy, it's just horrible, horrible timing for a motocross event uh, for the American calendar. There you go. Yeah. Huh? There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. JT, so we go to a lot of the races every year for a long time. 
Who in the hell were those people wearing Team USA stuff? <laughs> I don't know, man. I saw so many people in Team USA stuff that I'd never okay. seen before okay. in my life. Okay, The rumor was 72 passes for Team USA. Okay? That's just what mm-hmm. we heard. Don't know for sure. Now, if every rider brings There's 10. only three of them. Yeah. If, three, if they bring 10 family members. And that's incredibly hard to think of that they would bring ten family members. Who are the other forty guys? Like, well, there's there's team guys for sure, like the race. Well, yeah, team, but you know, um, I, I don't know. I don't know how we got to seventy two, and I kind of do because there's a lot of people there that I'm not sure what they're doing. Um, and it's not to say that they shouldn't be there, but there's a lot of people that have been a part of the team for a long time, like Jeff Cernick. And, but I just don't know what their role is, you know, to be on Team USA. So. Um, those guys, at least I know who they are. There were dozens of people I've never seen before. And I've been going to races for the, for most of my life. My, my assertion of each team member bringing 10 people is way out of line. There's no way they brought 10 people each from their families. No way. Right. Yeah. There's no way. Right. So, okay. So five people each, that's 15. Okay. So now we're down to 58 people. I, I don't know. Weege, they were everywhere, and they had strange faces. Like, well, you know what's crazy is that. So, I, I when I was asked to switch sides to the Team USA side, uh-huh. which no, no big deal, I don't care. Like, that's great. But I felt out of place over there. I really did because I didn't know anyone over there. Dude. And I'm like, okay, this is the country that I've lived my whole life in. I raced for a long time internationally and domestically. Uh, I was sponsored by Alpine Stars long before I ever worked with them in the business side. Uh, I go to all the races, as you do all th- uh, three of us, and I don't know anyone over here. I mean, I knew a couple people, but it's... the vast majority, I had no idea who any of these people were. I was sitting next to them, and I was kind of like giving the weird, like awkward head nod, like I don't know who you are, but you have Team USA stuff on, and I don't, so maybe you're more important than I am. It, w- it was very, very weird. Weege, it was phenomenal. Uh, maybe this is the whole budget problem that we're talking about. Some teams want to be compensated, but here's where the money's going. All these passes and shirts, um, all that. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> that's where all the money's going. That could be just, just, just uh, helping the cost of these teams. Um, it's amazing. I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I'm just, who are you? Who are you? So, I don't know. Um, are these people going to the podium if the team wins? I probably, I don't know. Um, let me ask you this, Weege. At what, what kind of guy are you? Are you, what do you got to do to put on Team USA stuff? Where do you draw the line at putting on the jacket, the hat, the, the shirt, and everything else? Me? Yeah. Personally? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Like to me, that's like no, no, the last not week, not why get not why get the media guy for sure. I get that. Oh. But, I mean, what level of support on the team would you run this stuff at? What are you talking about? For most people, they don't need any incentive. That's awesome. You go and then you feel like you're part of the deal and you get to wear the clothes. You don't need to offer anything else. That is the reward <laughs> in and of itself. Okay, all right, fine. All right. In fact, I know in the past, I didn't look this year, in, in many years the AMA would offer an actual travel package where you pay whatever, 2500 bucks. We actually had Billy Ursic do it, I think actually at Matterly the last time it was there. Do it. Like, what is this experience like? 
and it's like an AMA guided tour. And for all I know, that was some of those people. Oh, <laughs> I did. This is get to be on TV This USA. is news to me. I didn't. Maybe that's it, JT. Maybe I. I don't know. I, 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 I didn't know it up. because it's been. It's been too many years of this, and I. It, nothing's changing, so I give up. I don't have an answer for you. Well, I mean, I was giving Max Steffen some some shit, Weege. I'm like, you're not on the team, bro. You just brought the gear, and I was giving him shit because I, I do understand him wearing the, the the hat and everything, and the whole Team USA garb. I mean, he's cleaning Osborne's helmets and you know all that stuff. But yeah, that's legit. It is. That's it's legit. legit. But yeah, I mean, honestly, for me to put it on, I would have to be very integral to those th- one of those three riders, if not all of them. Otherwise, I'm out. I'm just here to hang out and help if I can and everything else. So. You have to extend the net to say um, that having the riders see familiar faces around them puts them in a better frame of mind, and even that alone helps the team. You I, see? I don't think Osborne was happy to see me and put him in a better state of mind. He told John, that guy is not to talk to me on weekend. That's immediately what he said the first thing, immediately. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're not the best pick in that particular. <laughs> now, the riders will be very happy to see this man. Um. All right, a couple more things to wrap up here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, MXDN. Uh, JT, so for the second year in a row, you had a meeting with Giuseppe. Yep. How'd it go? Did he talk about Pulp? Did he, did he mention maybe an alliance at all? No. You know, it was, a, I, I would say, a wild upset that I've had two face-to-face meetings with him in back-to-back years at the Motocross Nations, and you have not come up either time. I thought for sure at least his call-ins to the show. Right, yeah. Um, your distaste for several uh, approaches they have to racing. Uh-huh. But nothing, nothing. Huh. No mention of Steve Mathis. Okay, all right, just wondering. I, I'd like to... Have I did, a- I, have, I have had it mentioned to me uh, from, from their, uh, one of their other employees, but not from Giuseppe himself. I think I know the guy you mean. Maybe Possibly. Um, yep. in, in a good way, though, or in a bad way? No. Oh, no, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> All right, just checking. Um, well, thanks to Ustream for getting me a photo vest so I could stand in the field and, and have a better vision of the race. Thank you to those guys for that. I do have to say they do a pretty good job with, with these events, though. Um, I, I think they're, on all fronts, I think they're actually making efforts um, to – tabooing better and, and doing some things. Um, and, I, and I know it's not a fair playing field as far as, you know, they get country appropriations and they have more funds to work with, but um, they do take care of us. And then I think for all of us that are in another country in another series, they do try to take care of us as much as they can. Um, I just want, I want the Wi-Fi to work in the press tent. Can we get that? Is that, is that cool or no? I don't know. Um, yeah. There's too many damn people is what the problem is. Right. Exactly. Beat it. Leave, maybe we should have a USA-only media. Well, we kind of do at Alpine Source. Oh, yeah. Anton? Anton was not cheering for the France this year, Wygant. We got to the bottom of that. What, is he had a falling out with him? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what exactly went on, but Anton he was cheering for USA, he said, this year. Possibly just I saw a little... picture of Anton with um, Lewis from MS Vice, and until I saw the picture of them together, I didn't realize they were not the same guy. <laughs> right. Like, I thought <laughs> right. Anton just had morphed into him. <laughs> <laughs> they should just get married legally somewhere where they can and be done with it. Just be done with it. Yeah, yeah, they're the same guy. Right, right, exactly. Um, 
I'll, well, okay, before we wrap it up, I will ask Weege. This was my contribution to Team USA all weekend. This is this is my oh. contribution. Oh, um, okay. Asking four or five people this question, and we'll and we, we'll get to the bottom of it. So, all right. So we're in. We're, you're in England, Wigan, at the Motocross of Nations, right? And North Korea launches nukes to the USA, and it's it's just a wasteland, just multiple nukes, and, and America is in shambles, and who knows what's going on, and there's no cell phones, there's no nothing, it's just, it's Hiroshima, some people live, some, many people did not, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster, okay? You're in England, though, at the Motocross of Nations. Mm. Do you go back to see if the wife and kids survived, okay, or, and risk radiation poisoning and risk, you know, whatever else, risk death, you know, who knows, maybe there's zombies going on, um, or do you just begin a new life in England? Uh, probably depends on the exchange rate and my homeowner's insurance policy. <laughs> always comes down to that with you. My, yeah. I, my contribution was... Is the Alpine Stars rig always there, or does that go away? <laughs> I think it goes away. I think it goes away. JT's going back. Most everybody I spoke to was going back on Team USA, by the way. Not all, though. Zach, Zacho said he would swim across the ocean if yep. he needed to. Yeah, but, but his wife was right there, so I call bullshit on that. Like, she's right. She's I, sitting yeah. right there. So what are you, you going to do? Right. right. Um, all right. So, yeah, depending on the price is what your situation is. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, yeah. How much would it cost to rebuild, basically? Okay. All right. And, okay. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So that's it. Motocross the Nations for another year. Six in a row, everybody. JT. Going well. I guess I got to go next well. year. JT has never witnessed an MXDN win on foreign soil for America. That is correct. So. <laughs> there are many worlds going to collide now because Team USA has never lost one that's been held here. Okay. He's never seen one uh, that they've won. And, and, or, no, I've been. I was at Bud's Creek. That's true. During this run, I at, guess. And Lakewood, right, JT? And Lakewood. I was not at Lakewood. You didn't go to Lakewood? No. Oh, wow. No, I stayed home to practice for uh, Supercross. Montreal was coming up. Okay. Um, honestly, I don't see how they lose at Redbud. I don't see it on the track they know or that they race. You know, I just I don't see how they lose. I don't know. I guess that could come back to bite me. But um, we've seen such domination at Lakewood and Buds and even Dilla. I can see how we lose because I've been to five of those in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Buds was a washout, but I mean they won easily. But Lakewood wasn't. I yeah, no, Lakewood was close. The, the, yeah, going into the last moto, I think they were trailing. Yep. But um, but then Shorty and Dunge killed it. So okay. The, the the oh my god when it's at home, it's just not even close thing. Didn't really happen at Lakewood, so I don't know if there are any guarantees. All right, uh, fly racing. Dot com. Thanks to those guys. Thanks to you people for listening. Appreciate it. We should probably do a silly season. One of these coming up soon at some point um, where we can hash out what's what's going on. And uh, and Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Uh, thanks, boys. Thanks. See you. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse I mean, you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did pro circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money one is you can sign for money or two you can earn the money i'm a high believer in earning the money i think they ride better when they earn the money seven time jeremy mcgrath I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.